You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors come to share their stories, insights and tips. Now, back to you, Chris. And now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is PGA professional Joe Groman. Let me remind you about Joe's background. Played his college golf first at Cypress College, where he was the team MVP. He later transferred to Cal State Fullerton and played there briefly before turning pro. He's been the head golf professional at places like Whittier Narrows Golf Course, Chester Washington Golf Course, the Navy Course at Seal Beach, where he met Earl and Tiger Woods when Tiger was 13. He's now at the El Dorado Golf Course in Long Beach, California. He was named the 2013 Southern California PGA Professional of the Year, And I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but it's been almost two years to the day since the last time that Joe joined me here on the show. So shame on me, but I'm excited to have him back with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Joe, thanks for coming back on the show. Chris, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Great to be back. I know. Shame on me. It's been two years. I can hardly stand it. Talk about what's been going on with you, my friend. Well, before we get into that, let me go back in time just for a second. Listening to Bob uh, was phenomenal. What a well-spoken guy. And he was talking about Tiger playing through distraction. you mind if I share a Tiger story real quick? Please go right ahead. So it's the first time I'm playing with him and Earl. And every single time that Tiger went to hit a shot, Earl would start talking to us in the group like I'm talking to you. He'd start jiggling his change. And I thought to myself, man, that's so rude because Tiger's hitting his shot. So finally, like on the fifth hole, Tiger's over, putt, Earl starts talking to me. And I go, he looks up and I go, shh. And I nod over at Tiger, that Tiger's putting. And Earl just keeps going, he goes, Joe, don't you know why I'm doing this? And I'm like, no, I have no idea why I'm doing this. And uh, I'm looking for the other guys for a little help. Meanwhile, Tiger's still going through his deal and makes his putt. Earl says, Joe, I'm getting him prepared to play through distraction when he gets on the tour. And mind you, Tiger's only 13 years old at the time. I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's the greatest answer that I could have ever heard from a parent. <laughs> you know, I thought that was, that was how much belief does he have in his kid. So we're walking off the green. And I turn to Tiger, I say, does he really do that every single shot? Tiger goes, I don't know. I haven't heard anything in two years. <laughs> so that, yeah, you know, you're you're talking to Bob about those cameras bothering him. Yeah, Tiger's well trained in playing through distraction, I assure you. So, uh, yeah, that's, right you know, now, and that's you know, one of the I, things I wanted to talk to and get your perspective, too, on, Joe. I mean, it's, it, it, it was just very striking to me to think, you know, here he is, you know, it was one of the last few holes. I don't remember if it was on 16 or 17, whenever it was. But it was a big moment for him, and he had to make the putt. And then just, like, staring straight, you know, for the, the the view that they had at the camera was from behind Tiger. And you could see the sea of cameras right in front of him. I'm thinking, you know. I remember that. This is already a major, right? This is already, you know, a stack full of pressure. Now you got, you know, hundreds, God knows how many cameras right in your putting line. How you don't get distracted by that and let that make the gravity of the moment make it even worse for you is it's unbelievable how strong how strong his mind is. Yeah, it, it truly is. Plus, they were allowing cell phones. You saw cell phones all over the place. That was kind of surprising. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, you know how he played and how he did it. it uh, you know, he, you want to say he's back. I mean, 
second place, second, solo second at the PGA. He's making all the, he's what, missed one cut on it since he's been back. So, you know, I don't think a win's too far away. It just can't be, you know. It just can't be. No, absolutely. I mean, there's no, there's no question. He's back. I mean, he was, you know, again, he had the lead in the, you know, back nine at the open and, and, you know, faltered a little down the stretch and was, you know, made this great comeback, you know, on Sunday, you know, here at the PGA finishing to your point solo second. No question. He's back. It's just a matter of time. No you would think before, yeah. before it gets a win, whether that's in a major or not, we'll see. But I mean, there's no question the guy's back at the top of, you know, at least at the top of this PGA tour, right? I mean, he, he may not be the guy that he was. In the early part of the 2000s, but he's as good as a 42-year-old, 40 guy about to be 43 in December. Boy, I don't know if it gets better than that. Right, I agree. I mean, and if it, if it wasn't for a, a record-setting performance, you know, I mean, I think that was the PJ scoring record. Uh, right, that was set in in winning that. So, I mean, that was what was Tiger was up against. So, yeah, it's great to see it. It's great to even have this conversation. Yeah. You know, a year ago, we didn't even know what was going to happen. But, uh, exactly right. Uh, right. Yeah. So that's exciting times. Right now, I'm actually in uh, Las Vegas for the PGA uh, show, the fashion and demo show. I did a disabled veteran clinic for the PGA Hope for uh, the National PGA this morning at Top Golf over here in Las Vegas. So that went quite well. So now, uh, yeah, we're. We're looking outside the window from the Golden Nugget right now, uh, talking to you. But it was awesome. We wow. had a great time. Anthony Edo would stand up and play, was there. Uh, we had the pros from the Las Vegas chapter of the PGA were here. We had some pros from Southern California PGA were here to help out. Went real well. It's going to be our first annual. We're going to keep doing it every year during the show. So I'm excited about that. And. As you alluded to a moment ago, Joe, talk about your foundation and the great things that you're doing for our wounded veterans. You know, our show goes out. Uh, one of the one of the places it goes out to is the Armed Forces Radio Network. So I think it's an important message for the folks, you know, on that station to understand the great things that you're doing for our veterans. Oh, that's uh, yeah. We we work with the the Long Beach VA Hospital. We work with the uh, VA Hospital out in Augusta when we do our 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 Hope Clinic out there annually on the Monday of the Masters. We work with the veterans out in Hawaii the Monday of the Sony. I go down to Camp Pendleton once a month uh, with the Wounded Warrior West Battalion down there. And, you know, there's no better, there's no greater rehabilitative uh, anything than golf, if you ask me. For some reason, this sport just resonates uh, with the PTSD. Down at Pendleton, most of the Wounded Warriors have PTSD, and, you know, more than once these guys have told me that getting them addicted to this game has saved their life. In fact, one guy, he was quite sullen at the beginning of the clinic, and by the end of the clinic, he was so excited. The next month, when we were going on once a month, we've been doing that for about 13 years. Uh, the next clinic, a month later, he told me he had been at the golf course every single day since the previous one. He obviously had been because he had improved exponentially. But he sat me down and uh, we talked for a few hours. But he told me, he goes, Joe, you know, he goes, I got to tell you, that day I came to that clinic last month, I was going to eat a bullet. And I made a decision whether or not I was going to eat a bullet or go to this dumb golf clinic. And he goes, I went to your golf clinic and I'm here to tell you it saved my life. 
So wow, these rehabilitative golf clinics have that impact. There's another guy who said the same thing. You know, we we work with victims of stroke, and the, it's the same story. We just had our 19th annual golf clinic for the junior blind, our 12th annual special ed kids clinic, um, our our 12th annual inner city kids clinic. This this game, this is the game for uh, you know rehabilitative or just getting uh, you know these kids off the streets. For example, when we're down at the inner city, giving them something that they can do that could potentially lead them to a college golf scholarship or at least. You know, the Chester Washington is down on the edge of Compton, and those are some rough streets. And I assure you, it'd be better to have those kids on a golf course than out there on those streets. So uh, as far as the Armed Forces is concerned, I did leave the Navy golf course in February. I still do a lot of the clinics there. We still take the Long Beach VA guys there. We still go to the Long Beach VA for the clinics we do for the guys that are too seriously disabled to even leave the hospital. They have this uh, putting facility that uh, the Howard Payne putting facility that we use for those clinics. But I mean, just a lot of what we do too is uh, the three C's. You know, we throw in golf, we throw in care, concern, and compassion, and these guys just light up. It's unbelievable. And Joe, to to your point, you you left uh, the Navy uh, golf course. Now you're over at El Dorado. Park Golf Course over there in Long Beach. Talk about that golf course. I was named one of the top 100 courses back in 2008, I read. Yeah, El Dorado's where they have the final two rounds of the Long Beach Open. And, you know, some winners of that event have gone on to fame and fortune on the PGA Tour. Phenomenal. Long Beach is a phenomenal community for golf. There's several Long Beach City golf courses there, Rec Park, El Dorado, Hartwell's infamous. Hartwell churns out thousands of junior golfers a year. Uh, all those long, long Beach has got its own little mecca of golf. Everyone's there to play golf, to practice golf, to talk golf. It's, it's very exciting for me to be there. And I'm, uh, I'm really looking uh, forward to, you know, moving all my events over there now. So everyone's all into it. It's exciting. Luckily, it's not far from Navy. So I know a lot of people that hang out there as well. You know, the golf communities are kind of small in your area, so or the golf world, I shouldn't say communities, but uh yeah, El Dorado's phenomenal. It's uh it's uh an exciting time for, for me and uh the foundation and the team. We're all excited. So Joe, I wanted to get a couple of your thoughts with respect to where the game of golf is at now. And we talked a little bit earlier about the PGA and you look at Guys like Brooks Kepka and Adam Scott and Tiger and Justin Thomas and John Rom. I mean, all these guys are bombers, right? They're hitting the ball well over 300 yards. I mean, they're carrying the ball 320, 330. And and I remember a quote, and I don't I don't remember if it was Arnold Palmer who said it or it was his father Deacon who said it to him, but it was hit it hard, go find it, and hit it hard again. As a teacher. Is that is that what we're teaching, you know, the junior players now is, you know, boy, you got to get up there and rip it. And then, uh, you know, we, we can worry about angle and, you know, where the ball goes. But, you know, you got to swing hard. You got to swing fast. It's all about swing speed. Is that is that where we're at as a, a teaching philosophy or is, or is your philosophy different than that? Well, as far as that's concerned, it, it, it's a different game. You know, I've been in the Southern Cal PGA for 30 years. And in the old days, I was. I didn't think anybody could hit it farther than me until Tiger turned 16. But the, uh, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I remember, uh, 
Von Hinkle won the long drive thing with 280. You know, Tiger was like the first guy to hit it, to start hitting him over 300. We got guys in the Southern California PGA, and I'm not kidding, that can hit it 350 yards straight, and they're pros. And it's, you know, you're 70, 80 yards back, you know, you hit it 280, and you're 70 yards behind this guy. It's 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 discouraging. We have one of the biggest uh, issues right now in the Southern California PGA. I'm on the board of the Southern California PGA, so I'm right in the middle of this because I turned 50 a couple of years ago. Is senior tees. National came down with this thing that they're not going to have senior tees because they're just going to. So we follow the sections follow national pro, protocol. So we have what they call a fair and equitable tees. But I'm a lot longer than a lot of seniors still, and there's guys out there that are a lot longer than me. So equitable tees, what does that mean? You know, when when everyone's playing the same tees, and some of these guys can hit it over a hundred yards farther than some of the older seniors. I mean, it's where the game is now. I, I think if they're going to, if the young guys are going to be hitting it that far, I mean, they got to take a good look at uh, what they're going to do as far as fair and equitable. No, I don't. I mean, grip it and rip it is, uh, you know, that's how we taught it. That's how I taught it in the old days. But uh, uh, now, you know, what ha- my big thing is balance. And you start teaching kids just to tear it up. If they can't swing in balance, you know, they're just going to rip them, their swings apart. I just did six weeks of, of Nike Junior Golf Camp. And the main thing we, we I preached to these kids was to swing and balance. I wouldn't even let them touch the driver until the third day because if they couldn't swing and balance, their driver is going to rip their swings apart, which is exactly what happened with a few of them. They start swinging hard with the driver. They fall out of balance. And all that hard work they've done for the first two days, is out the window because they just ripped their swing apart, but their driver trying to swing too hard. So, yeah, it seems like we're going that way. Um, you know, if you watch these long drive contests, these guys are hitting it 400 yards. I mean, what is going on out there? A lot of course. I mean, six, I remember when 6,800 yards was a big long course. Now it's a pitching putt. You know, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I don't know what the answers are. I mean, I know, I know with the juniors, I want them to swing and balance. I mean, I don't care if they can, they can swing as hard as they want it when, when I leave, but when I'm there, I want them swinging and balance. If they can keep their balance and work their way up to swinging that hard, I mean, more power to them. But, um, yeah, if you start swinging for the fences and you can't keep your balance, you're going to have a heck of a time trying to groove a swing. It's not until you keep your balance that we're able to build on the swing. We're able to work on other mechanics. You know, so if they're if they're swinging out of balance, yeah, I can't you can't do anything with them until they learn to not do that. Joe, just a couple more before we let you go. And we talked about this last time, but for folks that weren't with us last time, and like I say, it's been a while. One of the things that you talked about going back to Tiger was the racism that he had to deal with at the at the Naval Golf Course, and um, the things he had to overcome with respect to that, and the things he got blamed for that he didn't do and the championships that he won that they didn't acknowledge. Do you mind sharing a couple of those stories? Well, for example, he had just won his, the, uh, his first U S amateur two weeks earlier. Uh, I get a phone call from this lady. She said, there's a couple guys on the range hitting balls into the houses. Every once in a while, you know, the Navy ships would come in. We were affiliated with Naval Station Long Beach before it was 
before it shut down. And, uh, you know, get, there, we were home port 42 ships, so the active duty guys would come over. It was military only, so they were literally on a base. And start drinking, get crazy. Once in a while, they just start firing them into the into the houses, either on purpose or probably not on purpose. They probably just that was their swing. But uh so I go out there. I see Tiger on the range by himself, and said, "Hey, Champ, uh, you see anybody out here?" He said, "Yeah, a couple guys just went down by maintenance." So, you know, when you go by maintenance, you can either hop the fence and escape the course or sneak onto the course going around maintenance. So I drove out on the course. I'm off. So I'm driving around. I'm hanging out. I'm not in the shop. So I'm taking my time getting back. I come back along the range and there's Tiger's ball sitting there. Tiger never would leave balls on the range. He would hit them all. And I go run into the shop. My first thought at the time, Earl's heart was getting a little bad. I was thinking, you know, something happened to Earl. There's no way Tiger's leaving those balls there. I go in. And uh, Scott Vaughn up to the other pros in there. I said, what happened? Where's Tiger? He's literally crying. And he said, Bill, kicked him out of here. And I'm like, what? So I go down and I talk to uh, this guy who, who's no longer with us. And I said, Bill, I go, what did you do? And he said, a neighbor lady called and said, little black kid was hitting balls into the neighborhood. So I kicked him out of here. I said, Bill, that's BS. I took the phone call. So this guy had a little bit of thing against Tiger and uh kicked him out of there. You know, so I go running over to Tiger's house. And mind you, he's two weeks away from going to college. He's two weeks removed from winning the U.S. Amateur Trophy. There's a, there's a, a bunch more uh, underlying stories. He just hadn't done that. You know, the Navy could have had the best recruiting tool they could have ever hoped for. Uh if uh, he had done, I go to Tiger's house. It was like a Tiger had already told Tita and Earl what had happened. It was like walking into a funeral parlor. And I said, uh, I asked Earl if you want me to talk to General Wiles, who was a three-star general at the time, African American, who played golf there, and tell him what's been going on. And he goes, No, 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 we don't want to involve General Wiles. We don't need that. So I asked Tita. He goes, No, forget Navy. So I asked Tiger. You want me to tell General Lyles what's going on? No, 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 forget it, Joe. I mean, I wanted to like blow the lid off of all of this. It was just a dirty little right. picture, you know. And mind you, it wasn't the patrons. It was just a handful of people in management that just did everything in their power to stand in this kid's way. Again, it's military only. So you're talking about a golf course where the first tee's empty at 10 o'clock in the morning. Tiger literally had the place to himself. So just a handful of people that worked there, older people that were kind of born and raised in the days of segregation, you know, outside of that issue, they were great people, but they were just born with that weird little problem. They had a problem, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was a, that was a tough one. Anyway, that he goes off to college. Oh, before he left, like a week later, this was a big thing. A week later, he calls the manager sort of as a, uh, you know, to let him know whatever. Uh, I can't remember the term I'm thinking of, but he calls the manager and asked him if he wanted to display the U.S. Amateur Trophy at the Navy Golf Course. Now, he and Earl were just done. They didn't care, but Tiger uh, was going to, a peace offering. That's on, you know, he, I felt it was a kind, it was a great gesture on Tiger's part. He rose above the whole nonsense, the whole thing. 
Here's the U.S. Amateur Troll, Amateur Champion getting kicked out of the Navy golf course because some guy doesn't like him. And Tiger still had the grace to offer to display the trophy at Navy, which is where it should have been. Navy was his home court. And the guy didn't even have the courtesy to reply to that, to reply to Tiger. There was not a yes. There was not a no. There was no reply. And that. I mean, you'll never hear Tiger say it, but that was what did it in for Tiger. Yeah, that was when he was uh, done with it. It's like unbelievable. No kidding. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of little stories. You'll be able to read about them here in about a year when I finally write, publish my book. I wrote I wrote a book about all that like 20 years ago, but as a Navy employee, I, I've never been able to. Uh, publish anything like that you know like like my the golf book i wrote that earl wrote the forward to that has me and tiger on the cover that you can get at howgolf.com i've never been able to market that in all these years because i've been a navy employee and you can't be the navy head pro and make money off of saying that that doesn't go to the navy so now i've I've been at el dorado for about six weeks that's all changed so it's game on now so you guys you'll get the nitty-gritty when people see what Tiger was able, and that's just one story. There's a bunch of all this nonsense like that. That Tiger was able to, when you when you hear it, you're going to see just how gracious Tiger really is to not get, you know, to go to that level. He stayed above it, and it's going to be impressive what a young, you know, a young man like that. This stuff could have made him so sour and angry and bitter, and he just stayed above it, stayed above it. Of course, you learn that from from Earl and Tita, but. It'll be, you'll be impressed on, on what he was able to not let get to him in that regard. Cause, you know, I was at Chester, Washington, which is right on the edge of Compton and South Central, you know, and a, and a lot of those kids that get exposed to all that, it ruins them. It just jades them, you know, and they, and then that just sends them down the wrong path, you know, but Tiger's able to stay above all that hate and, uh, he hasn't done too bad for himself, if you ask me. Agreed. Joe, before we let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, whether it's online or it's over social media? Uh, Facebook, Joe Groman, Joe Groman Golf Foundation. Well, my website, my foundation website is uh, joegromangolffoundation.org. It's a mouthful, but that has all the stuff we do, and I do I post all of our events and all that on that. And uh, howtogolf.com is where they can get that book. Uh, that Earl wrote the forward to it. It's uh, it's mostly pictures with big print. It was the first interactive golf instruction book where you can literally lay it on the ground, see the picture, and see the giant one and two sentence descriptions. You know, and literally read the book as you you know manipulate through the pictures of what you're trying to do. So I thought that was pretty cool. We wrote that one at Tiger and Earl's house, by the way, and it's in Spanish and Korean too. So. But that's at howtogolf.com, www.howtogolf.com and www.joegromangolffoundation.org on Facebook, Joe Groman and Joe Groman Golf Foundation. Joe, it's fantastic having you back on the show. Thanks for taking some time away from your stuff that you got going on there in Las Vegas to, to join me and jump on the show. I hope you'll, hope I'll be able to get you to come back on the show much sooner this time around because it's great catching up with you, my friend. <laughs> Oh, it's my pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I always appreciate it. Take care, Joe. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Take care. See you, Joe.
That's Joe Groman, and his last name is spelled G-R-O-H-M-A-N. So great stuff from Joe, and uh, got to have him back on much sooner than two years to, to almost the day. But great stories and, and terrible stories with respect to Tiger. I mean, that's some of the things that he shared last time and the racism and the things that Tiger had to go through as a teenager. And, um, you know, kudos to him for rising above it and uh, the great things that obviously he's gone on to and all of those sorts of things. But to hear more and more of the stories for what uh, he was uh, he was dealing with, it's heartbreaking. And um, hopefully we get to uh, get uh, Joe back on the show soon as he puts that book together and uh, detail more of the other things that uh, the Tiger went through. 